Someone's cursing, my lord. Late night lunch. Someone's puffling, my lord. Late night lunch. Someone's growing, my lord. Late night lunch. Oh lord, late night lunch. Please join us as we go on a magical adventure to find our Prince Charming. Along the way we expect to run into dwarves, anthropomorphized fish, toys that talk, and myriad villainous predators. I'm your Scrooge McDuck, Aaron Bliss, and your perfect princess is my Clara. Princess. Perfect, yeah. I'll see where you're going. <laughs> right, princess. How's it growing tonight? Oh, it's real. <laughs> uh, it's growing the same way it always grows. <laughs> um, <laughs> dare I ask? I wouldn't. <laughs> oh, it's like that, is it? So, Mike, why don't you uh, enlighten our viewers, or our listeners even, if your viewers, uh, I congratulate you, why don't you enlighten our listeners as to tonight's thrilling Late Night Large theme topic thing? Disney. <laughs> I was going to say something funny. No. Actually, something that probably wouldn't have been quite funny. And no. You probably guessed the theme of the joke I was going to make. No, I can't. Why don't you walk so us like, through so it? Like what? Kids and... <laughs> that's, just, that's not, but... Do I, do uh, to, yeah, Disney. Do I have to remind you to leave those kids out? <laughs> Someone needs to. <laughs> right, so it was bound to happen eventually because here on Late Night Large, we endeavour to discuss all the big issues in the world we live in today. And no matter how much we try to escape his tentacles the influence of Walt Disney in modern culture is probably only equaled by Adolf Hitler what do you think? interesting that you compared them to um, well some might yeah. say there's a, another connection between the two but we'll go into the urban myth later what do you think of... Uh, have you got any thoughts on Walt Disney, Mike, without knowing too much about him before we delve into the Wikipedia bio biography and such? Uh, no. You don't have any opinions on him? My opinion... No. <laughs> to be honest, he's some guy who's dead and... Uh, died a rich man would have been a lot richer if he'd have lived a bit longer and yeah there we go <laughs> but you can't take it with you Mike surely Disney's taught us that yeah but he could have fucking given it to me oh he grows well according to Wikipedia he was actually a philanthropist which is a good thing it's always good for very very rich people to be described as philanthropists uh, right, anyway here we go Obviously, when we talk about Disney, it's a multinational corporation. But, of course, it's the Disney name that we think of, and we think of its founder. And obviously Walt wasn't the only founder, but he's the person most synonymous with their uh, empire, if you will. 
Now, he's described as being an American business magnate, animator, cartoonist, producer, director, screenwriter, entrepreneur, and voice actor. Did they have to put entrepreneur in there? Is there any... Honestly. A major figure within the American animation industry and throughout the world, he is regarded generally as an international icon and philanthropist known for his influence and contributions to the field of entertainment during the 20th century. Well, duh. And along with his brother, Roy O. Disney, who you don't hear much about, co-founded Walt Disney Productions, which later, of course, we all know, became one of the best-known, I'd say probably the best-known, motion picture production company in the world. There you go. So... Well, I'm sure you all knew that. Yeah. What do we know about... What do we actually know about the Walt Disney Company? What do we know about the man? No, no, no. We'll go back to the man later. Fuck but the man. It, That's what she said. Come on. Don't speak ill of the dead. Don't no, speak uh, ill of the dead. Coming from you. Move on. <laughs> well, that's usually what happens to people. You know, they're going to lose an argument, Mike. They just don't bother. You finally no, given just up. Spare me. Just spare me, all right? Look. <clears throat> Come on. We'll, we'll, we'll just. When we're talking about something as all-encompassing it's hard to overstate the influence that Disney has on world culture I mean let's face it I think it's even permeated places like North Korea hasn't it why do you think it appeals to kids why does Disney appeal to kids yeah well there's hundreds of uh, uh, production companies putting out animated things all the time why, why is Disney uh, stood the test of time? Good business structure. <laughs> Fuck's sake. You sound like you'd be brilliant in a presentation. Um, shut up. <laughs> okay. Do you think it's... Do you think there's an argument that Disney got in there first with quite an obvious... Well, yeah. Because, I mean... If we look at their, if we look at the films they're best known for, we think about things like, well, anything involving Mickey Mouse, Fantasia, um, Steamboat Willie, uh, Silly Symphonies, and then obviously the, the Alice in Wonderland, um, Ariel, whatever that was, Under the Sea, Under Little Mermaid. That's it. All those classics. Now, do you think? Do you think there's an argument that that the reason Disney's so popular is basically Walt Disney was a fantastic opportunist. He he saw an opening and he took it before anyone else could. Because his ideas seemed pretty, uh, you know, like they'd have been made eventually by someone, surely, mm. in a similar vein. Maybe, but everyone's got to do something first. I don't understand what your point is. Like, all right, no, I, I'm, hey, I'm trying to. You were the one who didn't know why Disney was so uh, such a is. worldwide. It just, just is. Is. Don't fucking question that shit, man. Well, I hope you've enjoyed late night lads tonight. We'll see you next week. Good night. <laughs> yeah, you know how this works, Mike. We don't just say, yeah, it's good. Disney's big. Bye. Yeah, exactly. Are we going to try and offer any critique of this at all? 
Now, what about the anthropomorphized characters? The Mickey Mouse, the Donald Duck, the Nemo. Mm, what about them? <laughs> why do you love them? Why do I you? Don't. Why do you? <laughs> why do you spend your weekends off work, tucked up in your snuggie, with a hot chocolate and your pair of uh, a raging hot. <laughs> And your pair of grandpa slippers watching Disney films on repeat. What is it about them? I don't. <laughs> Every fucking other. What about your little brother? Disney's film. What about your little brother? Does he like Disney? Well, I guess. Like, but then, like, what kid doesn't? What's your favourite Disney film then? Come on. Oh, I know you're asking fucking. Hey, grows, he grows. Now we might be getting somewhere. Come on. Give me your favourite Disney film. I don't know. I don't know. There's too bloody many of the things. What about Alice in Wonderland? Shit. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that was my favourite. Well, fucking it says it all. Uh, um, <laughs> no, seriously. No, seriously. It says it all. <laughs> uh, never a massive fan of it. I mean... Do you not... But do you not think... Like, I was never gay for Disney. It was so... You know I mean? But there was something about it, other than the fact again that the I didn't give a shit that it was Disney or not. Like, if I, I yeah, but sure, you t- there wasn't really anything else. There was animated no magic or... of Disney for me. It's not like <laughs> I wasn't tugging it. I was going, take me to Disneyland. Like, it's, it's that's not the way I hear it. Yeah, I've spoken yeah, to yeah. your uh, your your old dear. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she she's as different. Yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, I think she's got a picture. You dressed in the old Mickey Mouse costume. Minnie. <laughs> That makes more sense. Anyway, no, was no, I, I thought there was nothing creepier than the Alice in Wonderland that Disney did, which is ironic considering they're known for being very cutesy and like, uh, you know, very neutral. And oh, the, <coughs> the prince and the princess can only peck on the lips. Gay. Anyway, we'll talk more Should about. Have a bend over, like. Him bending over, uh, slamming one into her. That make a good slamming Disney. one into her. That make a good fucking Disney. Film. Oh yeah, what's the name of that Disney? Snow film? White, right? You know, just getting round. Snow White and the Snow Shovel. Seven. I don't know. You, you should get where I'm going with that. You should definitely go to. Um, He's a kiss to wake up. No. There's a, there's a there's a there's you know there's a sex museum in Amsterdam. Right. Well, I, I don't know how I know that, but there's a sex museum in Amsterdam. Do you know that? And there's a mural on the wall on. of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Yeah, I and can you, imagine what's going on. And you, you wouldn't believe what's going on. I mean, well, you I'm know, trying to imagine it right now. I mean, they're longer, longer than half their body. I mean, should we uh, play some music? <laughs> Right, well, in the spirit of Disney, we're going to be playing uh, Disney-esque music, so we'll be right back after Anthrax. We're back on the largest show on the radio. It's pretty fucking large up in here. Uh, so yeah, there you go, that was our first Disney-esque track, uh, 1,000 Points of Hate. Now we're talking about Disney you films tonight, and uh, I thought we'd maybe go through a little bit of the the history of Disney, as it were, give us a sort of context about how this behemoth became the way it was. 
we had, uh, I mean, Mickey Mouse was the big breakthrough. But between 1923 and 1928, when Disney was setting up, it was the silent era, silent films, silent animations. Oh, Walt Disney actually uh, had gone bankrupt with his previous Laugh-A-Gram Films firm. And he moved to Hollywood to join his brother Roy. And they uh, they made plans to distribute a whole series of Alice comedies, which uh, fell pretty flat. And after the demise of those, Disney developed an all-cartoon series starring his first original character, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Interesting. So the distributor, Universal Pictures, owned Oswald, so Disney only made a few hundred dollars from that. Disney only completed 26 Oswald shorts before losing the contract in February 1928 when Winkler's husband... Uh, Winkler being Winkler Pictures, part of Universal Pictures. Uh, their husband, Charles Mintz, took over their distri- distribution company. After failing to take over the Disney studio, he hired away four of Disney's primary animators to start his own animation studio, Snappy Comedies. What an asshole! What a wanker. So, to recover from the loss of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, Disney came up with the idea of a mouse character named Mortimer. While on a train headed to California drawing up a few simple drawings, the mouse was later renamed the slightly snappier Mickey and started several Disney-produced films. Disney's first sound film was Steamboat Willie, as parodied in The Simpsons with Itchy and Scratchy, uh, which starred Mickey Mouse and was released uh, at the end of 1928 through Pat Powers Distribution Company. It was the first Mickey Mouse sound cartoon release, but the third to be created behind Plain Crazy and the Galloping Gaucho. It was an immediate smash hit, and its initial success was attributed not just to Mickey's appeal as a character, but to the fact it was the first cartoon to feature synchronised sound. Well, I didn't know that. I could have guessed that. Well, blow me down with a feather. I'll blow you, alright. Anyway. Uh, do you want to rephrase that? No. I do not. Anyway, you know what happens next. The uh, momentum builds, Disney makes a bit of money, sells a few shares, makes some more pictures. But long story short, the popularity of the Mickey Mouse series allowed Disney to plan for his first feature-length animation. What are we talking about? Snow White and the Seven Growers. Well, as you so graphically tried to describe before <laughs> they were quite uh, quite the growers sick you're just a sick sick man you're on a fucking laugh you're going on about <laughs> the size of their dicks uh, take that back no you take that back that's what they said alright Ian <laughs> all of them decided to push the <laughs> fucking decided to push the boundaries of animation ever further Disney began production of his first feature-length animated film in 1934. It actually took three years to complete. Wow. Remember, animation was nothing like as simple as it, it might be now. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, spelt dwarfs rather than the uh, chromatically correct dwarves, premiered in December 1937 and became the highest-grossing film of that time by 1939. Snow White was released through RKO Radio Pictures, which assumed distribution of Disney's product in July 1937 as, after United Artists attempted to attain future television rights to the Disney shorts. So we can see at this point, Walt's got a, hand down, a couple of hands down his trousers. 
everyone's after a bit of Disney. Well, definitely, he's uh, he's he's been poured out from all sides. Using the profits from Snow White, Disney, who we can see was a bit of a rapacious capitalist here, he wasn't resting on his laurels for a second. He financed the construction of a new 51-acre studio complex in Burbank, California, which became Walt Disney Studios, in which the company is still headquartered, which is quite romantic. It was completed and open for business by the end of 1939, although some people might argue that that wasn't really a great time to be building up big industry, but I guess at least America wasn't really under threat of being bombed, was it? <clears throat> no. Anyway, the following year, on April the 2nd, Walt Disney Productions had its initial public offering, etc., etc. <clears throat> now, the studio continued releasing animated shorts and features. Some of the features you'll all know and love included Mike Pinocchio, <clears throat> which is obviously decent, in 1940. Everyone loves a bit of Pinocchio. Don't oh, they? wait, but what else was in 1940? The classic, The Kitty. Fantasia. Fantasia. Of course, in 1941, we had Dumbo, which yeah, is still playing every single Christmas. And uh, <coughs> they decided that they liked the... Aaron's uh, favourite was, uh, was next. Well, it sounds like Dumbo. It's got the same number of letters as Dumbo. It's got most of the same letters. It doesn't sound like Dumbo at all. <laughs> Bambi. Bambi. <laughs> yeah, that sounds just like it. Uh, would you believe it? After WW2, box office profits declined. No. Oh, duh. Oh, when the United States entered the war after the uh, false flag, I, I mean attack on Pearl Harbor, <laughs> many of Disney's animators were drafted into the armed forces, quite rightly. Wow. <coughs> and uh, the US and Canadian governments commissioned the studio to produce training and propaganda films. By 1942, 90% of its 550 employees were working on war-related films, things that would pick up the nation's spirits in the fight against the fascists. <laughs> Donald Duck apparently appeared in a number of comical propaganda shorts, which is quite funny. Cause I, fucking I was just going to say, I'm sure kids weren't too fond of them, but it, hey, Donald Duck is comical propaganda. Yeah, that sounds great. If there's one person you'd choose to do that, <clears throat> it's Donald Duck. Wow. The, one of the shorts he uh, appeared in included the Academy Award-winning De Fura's Face. That sounds very funny. That sounds like saying I need to get <clears throat> That sounds... It reminds me a little bit of that Itchy and Scratchy uh, spoof where, you know, they're, like, hitting Hitler with uh, boards with nails in it and stuff. <laughs> chop, chop his head off. Uh, Post-war and television. Right, we're going past World War Two, And, of course... Disney rises from, well, I wouldn't oh, say it's one more I wouldn't say a grave or ashes really. Just, just slightly lower operating profits, with limited staff and little operating capital before, uh, during and after the war. Disney's feature films, much of the 1940s, were package films or collections of shorts, which performed poorly, which you'd understand. Now, the release of Cinderella in 1950 was probably the kick in the ass that the whole animated film industry needed. It proved that feature-length animation could still succeed in the marketplace. And of course, another slew of Disney classics followed, with Mike... Alice in Wonderland, who uh, we've already kind of discussed that... Uh, 
and eulogised um, Evan. Uh, just well, Aaron. The next one, fifty-three, was yeah. my was my man Peter. <laughs> Uh, was Peter, pa- uh, Peter Pan? Peter Pan. Yeah. Mike, hang on. Peter Pan. Now, <coughs> I'm going to stop you there because you feel a shit. Um, Peter Pan. <laughs> now. Go on. Peter Pan I liked. Yeah? Peter Pan. He, he, he's quite literally the boy, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm noticing, I'm noticing a little bit of a theme, Mike. <clears throat> any, uh, any cynic who's looking at this would notice very distinctly that Disney had have periods where they make films of all the same genre. Look at the beginning of the 1940s. They started releasing all the classics, but they were all similar. Pinocchio, it was about a toy. Fantasia, Dumbo, Bambi, all about anthropomorphic animals. Right? Then in their renaissance after 1950 beginning with Cinderella and then Alice in Wonderland and Peter Pan they're all children or young people who are struggling for their place in the world and they usually find it by being wonderful little kids exploring and generally behaving themselves or they're getting into all kinds of mischief along the way I'd explore with Cinderella you know what I'm saying that's sick man I heard you've uh, rutted both our ugly sisters I've been through the pair of them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh. I'm big enough to admit it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm big enough to admit it, but... Uh, yeah. Oh, my God, that's that's brilliant. I'm sorry. But, you I've know... I've been I, through the pair yeah, of them. but I will add, yeah, I've been through her as well, so... <laughs> no, no, she's a virgin. She's waiting for the right boy. <laughs> she fuck. She's a dirty oh, little shut girl. Shut up. Let me tell you that. I heard she's waiting she's for Peter Pan. Will you shut up? Uh, I had my hands full with that one. Anyway, she had more than her hands full. Oh, shut up! Di- uh, wh- what about Disney's all live action features? We've got Treasure Island. All live action Disney films include the story of Robin Hood and his merry men, The Sword and the Rose, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Now, Robin Hood. Let's get back there. Uh, that was another one. I like I like Robin Hood. Oh yeah. The fact that I still like Robin Hood. I think Robin Hood's uh He the boy. Yeah, he's he's the fucking daddy, isn't he? The, you know hang on, he? is he the boy or the daddy? He's the fucking daddy, isn't he? He's a, he's fucking cool. Robin Hood's cool. Wow. In fact I watched Robin Hood the other day. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So, so fuck you. Well, I heard groomers that you uh <laughs> like to steal from uh the poor I give to yourself <laughs> you and him you're tight aren't you uh, well you're not tight around the back area but uh, we'll be right back <laughs> after uh, we'll be right back after another slightly Disney oriented really piece musical piece I've got a piece for you we'll, we'll be back after the devil's own I'm the fucking devil's own devil's own P-I-M-P <laughs> Well, some I don't know what you heard about no, me. No, no. Well, some people might agree that Walt was the original PIMP. Walt would suck my dick. Uh, I'm not even going to address Don't speak in the I'll speak of you in a minute and you will be dead. I'll spare. So, from 1954, Walt's vision 
using his Disneyland series was to unveil what would become Disneyland theme park. An idea conceived out of a desire for a place where parents and children could have fun at the same time, as if they were completely separate species. Uh, they are. So, Mike. So, Mike, did you, uh... I hear you, uh, worked as, um... Worked at Disneyland one summer? Yeah. No, I, um... I did. I actually ran Disneyland. Oh, yeah. Into the ground. But, uh, I heard you... No, I heard you, uh... I heard you were going around, uh, pimping up as Goofy. I was growing around. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I was growing all over the place. You were... (laughs) I heard you were eventually thrown out, though, because, uh... I mean, Goofy wasn't supposed to touch the children the way that you did. You're just fucking <laughs> sick. You're a twisted individual. You really hey, I'm not the I'm not the one who. Uh... No, you're fucking horrible. <sighs> well, each to his own, Mike. But yeah, they um, just just watch out for Goofy. So, basically, after uh, Disneyland was opened, you would think that some people would sit back put their feet up and wait for the money to roll in. But Walt was bloody out of his face, probably on uh, meth, as his studio released a number of... You heard it here first, (laughs) Walt Disney's on meth. (laughs) The the studio released a number of popular popular animated features in the 50s and 60s, including, Mike, Lady and the Tramp. Lady and the Tramp, now that is actually a good film. I actually like that one. Yeah? Yeah, I don't... I, I, I don't know fond memories I guess do I move what, on your tramp yes uh, Sleeping Beauty a few tramps anyway <laughs> not many ladies Any, anyone who's uh, anyone who's ever seen Mike after a heavy night passed out on the sofa will know Sleeping Beauty r- basically describes him in an ironic fashion 101 STDs the film dedicated to you Mike <laughs> you are a wanker aren't you it's not Sorry. around the okay. proverbial bush there. Sorry, it's actually 101 puffins. 101 Dalmatians. And oh, well, that's the that one. That actually is good. Yeah? Is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sleeping Beauty, a bit gay. Dalmatians, good. All right. <laughs> Disney's live-action releases were spread across a number of genres, including historical fiction with Johnny Tremaine, adapt- adaptations of children's books, Pollyanna, and modern-day comedies, The Shaggy Dog. Shaggy. Uh, yeah. So, the... Uh, Bro. Mary Poppins, have you got any thoughts about that? Slag. Ah, because Disney's most successful film of the 60s was the adaptation of Mary Poppins and still one of their all-time highest-grossing movies and also received five Academy Awards. Still a slag. Shut up. Anyway, Walt Disney died as long ago as the mid-60s. Complications related to lung cancer. And Roy Disney took over as chairman, CEO, and president of the company. Oh, one of his first acts was to rename Disney World as Walt Disney World in honour of his brother and his vision. That's quite good of him. Yeah. Hats off. Well done, Roy. Good old Roy. Well, the boy Roy, in 1967, the last two films Walt actively supervised were released. The animated feature The Jungle Book... Now, who among us hasn't grown up with the Jungle Book? No, let me fucking tell you. Yeah. Are you yeah, going to tell me the running through here, right? That generally, you know, isn't really the best. 
But that is Sammy. So I love Jungle Book. Yeah. It's quality. Were you uh, were you about to announce that you were the king of the swingers? I'm the king of the swingers, yeah. The jungle VIP. I <laughs> know. Oh, I what? actually am the king of the swingers, but that is. But when you reached this top, you uh, you had to stop, didn't you? Yeah, and that's what's bothering me. Um, but yeah, it Jungle Book is fucking quality. If you, oh, I don't know, for some. Well, I, I was going to say if you haven't seen who the fuck hasn't seen Jungle. Well, firstly, if you haven't, just end yourself. No, you don't deserve to end be alive. End yourself. You don't deserve to be alive. Uh, and if you have and you don't like it, please come and find me and I'll end you brutally. How can you not like Jungle Book? It's fucking quality. Brilliant film. Now, is it just me? Make sure... I'm thinking of... Uh, you show your children. <laughs> Honestly. All, Look, all of you are out there. You have down. kids. You fucking sit them down and you watch that shit with them. No, you watch Alice in Wonderland. No, you don't. So they freak them out, yeah. Yeah. What that about uh, weird, Aaron? It's what weird. about? Uh, do you remember? Uh, do you remember Cub Scout Camp? Cub Scouts. Yes. Didn't, didn't they name the characters after the Jungle Book? Mowgli. Was Arcala in the Jungle Book? Was there a character? No. All right, all right. So Douchebag. we've got. Do you want me to slap you upside your head? Sad. (laughs) Look, what I'm trying to say is, can we name all the characters? Go, Jungle Book. No. Well, you're a twat then. You clearly aren't the biggest fan of uh, Jungle Book. I never said I was the biggest fan in the world. Okay, here we go. And I never said I can remember shit either. Mowgli. Uh, Baloo. Baloo. Uh, Who was the uh, orangutan? Uh, The King of the Swingers. Uh, Mike Large. Mike Large. Uh, do you know who I remember most? The one, the one I remember most is always the villain. Always the villain. Shere Khan. Shere Khan. Now, we all know that Khan translates to mean king. Shere Khan also started the uh, the craze of lions or you know tigers or apex predators generally being villainous characters because we can see it come back in the lion king or the lion khan if you will yes when uh or was it a wolf no it was a lion wasn't it what are you on about the uh the, the uncle that turns against the lion king of course he's a fucking lion you All right. dick Fuck, what's wrong with you, man? Calm yourself. No, you can't say shit like that and expect to get away with it. Shut up. Outrageous. Slating people. <clears throat> anyway, so... Do you think there's an argument that the Jungle Book is at all racist? Bearing in mind that... What? Bearing in mind that it's based in India, which at the time... Oh, no, it was post-Second World War, so it wasn't... It wasn't a colonial... It wasn't the British colony than it used to be but I mean the Jungle Book wasn't it Rudyard Kipling so yeah I guess the Jungle Book was quite racist anyway ah, I forgot some of these characters we got Bagheera so everyone forgets Bagheera how, but no, nobody ever remembers Bagheera like, if you say, but how can you not Ka the python yeah huh. oh them eyes them eyes <laughs> Hypnotising eyes. Oh, oh it's, it's all flooding back. King Louis, that was King the orangutan. Louis. 
He makes a deal with Mowgli that if he tells him the secret of making fire, he will make it so he can stay in the jungle. <laughs> Classic. I just, I just need to watch this now. I need. No, I'm going home. I'm going home and I'm watching Jungle Book. You're growing home. Well, we'll see about that. But the Jungle Book was another Stone Cold classic from Disney World. What the? The musical The Happiest Millionaire? You ever heard of that? Uh, no. Apparently it was a Disney classic. Never heard of it. Uh, the Love Bug. Oh, God, I heard of that. <laughs> and The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes, which starred... Which started Disney Discovery, Kurt Russell. God, Disney broke him, did they? That was obviously before he became... Da-da-da! Sneak Pliskin. Now, the 1970s, of course, because every decade had to open with some a slew of Disney classics. 70s opened with the release of Disney's first post-Walt animated feature, The Aristocats, followed by a return to fantasy musicals in... The 71's Bedknobs and Broomsticks Blackbeard's Ghost was another successful film during this period yeah yeah in 71 Walt Disney World opened to the public with Roy Disney dedicating the facility in person later that month Uh, wow and a couple months later Roy himself was dead of a stroke which left the company under control of Don Tatum Card Walker and Walt's son-in-law Ron Miller each trained by Walton Roy. Bless. So, where did they go from there, Mike? Uh, I assume you meant where did they grow. Uh, of course. It looks like they struggled a bit through the rest of the 70s, though. Although the animation studios uh, produced Robin Hood Rescuers and Fox and the Hound. Robin Hood, yes. But Gay for Robin Hood. But the... Uh, Family friend. The other other family friendly films uh, didn't apparently fare so well. As head of the studio, Ron Miller attempted to make films to drive the profitable teenage market, who generally passed on seeing Disney movies. Inspired by the popularity of Star Wars, Disney Studio produced the science fiction adventure The Black Hole in 1979. Although it cost twenty million dollars to make, Star Wars just shat all over it. It was the first Disney film to carry a PG rating in the United States. Disney actually even dabbled with horror with The Watcher in the Woods and financed the boldly innovative Tron, which, of course, was an absolute stone-cold cult classic. So I thank Disney for that. Minimal success, apparently. At first, that's why it's a cult classic. Uh, We've got Popeye and the Dragon Slayer. And then we're into the 80s, well into the 80s now. Uh... Don't just gloss over Popeye like that. <laughs> Popeye is fucking Corley. Or as we call him, Greg Ross. I live. Greg. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. Fell in love with a Greg Ross face. Come on, move on. Okay. Uh, we've got Mickey's Christmas Carol. What a classic. Why is that not on anymore at Christmas? It's the only one I ever want to watch. Oh. It began a string of successful movies, starting with Never Cry Wolf and the Ray Bradbury ab- adaptation of Something Wicked This Way Comes. <laughs> in 1984, <laughs> Disney CEO Ron Miller created Touchstone Pictures as a brand for Disney to release more major m- release motion pictures. Fingers in every pie. <laughs> Touchstone's first release was the comedy Splash. Well, we all know about that. Oops. Apologies for that. And where are we going from this? The Disney Channel? 
moving onwards and upwards, just basically spreading their tentacles further and further into the world. We are into the Eisner era with how Disney conquered the world. We've got Eisner emphasising touchstone films in the late 80s and early 90s with Down and Out in Beverly Hills, Ruthless People, Outrageous Fortune and Pretty Woman, which is possibly the definitive chick flick of all time. Even I like Pretty Woman. No, you like Pretty Women. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he grows, he grows. So, you like hooking up with hookers anyway. Um, I don't Disney- think shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, unless you tell me to strip. Eisner used the expanding cable of the home video market to sign deals using Disney shows and films with a long-term deal with Showtime Networks for Disney stroke touchstone releases through 96 and entry television with syndication and distribution for TV series such as The Golden Girls and Home Improvement. Disney began limited releases of its previous films on videotape in the late 1980s. Home Improvement's quite Limited? Good. That's weird. Why, why do they limit it? All right. Anyway, beginning with... Well, uh, sorry... Silver Screen 4 was set up to finance Disney's new studios. Beginning with Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which was groundbreaking, let me tell you, in 1988, Disney's flagship animation studio enjoyed a series of commercial and critical successes which films such as The Little Mermaid, Under the Sea, Beauty and the Beast, Me and Alan, uh, <laughs> Aladdin, you'll be rubbing Just a few lambs, <laughs> <Fucking rubber. laughs> and The Lion King, What a classic. classic. Oh, be prepared. In addition, the company successfully entered the field of television animation. Oh, I I grew up with most of these. I fucking love them. Number of lavishly budgeted and acclaimed series such as Adventures of the Gummy Bears. I've got the DVD. DuckTales and Gargoyles. Disney moved to first place in box office receipts by 1988 and increased revenues by 20% every year if you thought Walt was an entrepreneur Eisner took it to the next level named the Disney decade by the company the executive talent attempted to move the company to new heights in the 90s with huge changes and accomplishments the Disney company in 1990 arranged for financing for up to 200 million dollars by a unit of Nomura Securities for Interscope films made for Disney on October 23rd, Disney formed Touchwood Pacific Partners, which would supplant the Silver Screen Partnership series as their home studio's primary source of funding. Sorry, their movie studio's primary source of funding. In 1991, hotels, home video distribution, and Disney merchandising became 28% of total company revenues with international revenues contributing 22% of revenues. Shit got big. The company committed its studios in the first quarter of 1991 to produce 25 films the next year. Although 91 did see net income drop by 23% and had no growth for the year. But it did see the release of Beauty and the Beast, which obviously won two Academy Awards and was top grossing film in the genre. Disney, as if it hadn't moved into enough things... Moved it to publishing with Hyperion Press and Adult Music with Hollywood Records. Oh, now we've got we got the Mighty Ducks. Oh, shit, son. Another one we grew up with when they were branching into slightly older kids' films. Now Disney suffered a bit of a crash at the turn of the millennium. It sounds like Eisner lost his head a little bit. Eisner did not want the board in in 2003 to 
renominate Roy Disney, the son of the Disney co-founder Roy O. Disney, it was Roy E. Disney, as a board director, citing his age of 72 as a required retirement age. Stanley God responded by resigning from the board and requesting the other board members oust Eisner. So basically, Eisner cut his own throat. Maybe he was a little too ambitious. Wow. They accused Eisner of micromanagement, flops with the ABC television network, timidity in the theme park business, turning the Walt Disney Company into a rapacious, soulless company, and refusing to establish a clear succession plan. Well, he might have been fantastic at driving them to new heights, but it seems like he uh, he wasn't really very human for it. Probably a little bit too obsessive. In 2003, Disney sold their stake in the Anaheim Angels baseball team to Artie Moreno, purchased the rights to the Muppets and the Bear in the Big Blue House franchises from the Jim Henson Company in 2004. The two brands were placed under control of the Muppets Holding Company. That's fantastic. In 2004, Pixar began looking for another distributor after its 12-year contract with Disney ended. So Disney had been with it for 12 years. But they cited its strained relationship over issues of control and money with Eisner for why they left. Eisner was finally ousted in 2005 to be replaced by Robert Iger as the CEO of Disney. Now, he is still the CEO of the Walt Disney Company, so we assume that things are going pretty well. They're never going to lose money, are they? No, they've got far too many fingers in far too many pies. Anyway, we get to, uh, in 2006, Disney acquired Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, that pre-Mickey silent animation star of theirs. Aware that Disney's relationship with Pixar was wearing thin at the time, President and CEO Robert Iger began negotiations with the leadership of Pixar animation studio Steve Jobs, remember him, and Ed Catmull regarding a possible merger. On January 23rd, 2006, it was announced that Disney would purchase Pixar in an all-stock transaction worth $7.4 billion. The deal was finalised on May 5th, and among noteworthy result were the transition of Pixar CEO and 50.1% shareholder, shareholder Steve Jobs. Is that the same Steve Jobs as... Is that the Apple Steve Jobs? Must be Apple be- Steve Jobs. Becoming Disney's largest individual shareholder and onto the board of shareholders but board of directors even yeah same guy it's the same guy wow that motherfucker had a lot of money wow he did Um, sadly missed now on October and of course we'll bring it right up to date after the after the Pixar and Marvel purchases as well he and the Walt Disney Company were looking to buy either new characters or businesses that are capable of creating great characters and great stories. We know now that this led to, a couple of years back, 2012, Disney announced plans to acquire Lucasfilm and release Star Wars Episode Seven in 2015. It was approved by the Federal Trade Commission, allowing the acquisition to be finalised without dealing with antitrust problems, which is ridiculous, because of course there should have been antitrust legislation against it. But, you know, we're talking about kids' films, so we kind of let it go. So on December 21st, 2012, which wasn't that supposed to be the end of the world, the deal was completed, perhaps it was in its own way, for the competition anyway. The deal was completed with the acquisition value amounted to approximately just over $4 billion, and thus Lucasfilm became a wholly owned subsidiary of Disney. Wow. 
Fucking Disney. What a monster. Giant. Absolute monster. So, any final thoughts on Disney, Mike, before we uh, go to our uh, little segment? Um, what do you think? Do you think? I, do you think Disney are responsible for brainwashing our kids, homogenizing them, making them into like soulless drones? No. Do you have any beef with Disney? Personally, no. So you really just don't give a shit. I just really don't give a shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, we just thought we'd find a spoof article to round it off with. Eleven lies Disney told some random girl about love. If a guy saves you from a dragon, you marry him. I don't know what part of that. I think. Oh, actually, sorry, that's not part of it, is it? That's just an opening line. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I was going to say, if you believe in dragons, then maybe that's where you're going wrong in the world. Okay, here we go. From 1 to 11. Number 1. Love, of, love at first sight is completely normal and happens all the time. Yeah. Disobeying your parents to sneak around with a guy you just met would inevitably end with the two of you getting married. No. Every girl should dream that a stranger's kiss would be the key to waking her from an endless slumber, bracket hangover. <laughs> <laughs> I can be that stranger. Yeah, you'd be the stranger that breaks in the window and it has to be forced off. <laughs> ah, the next one's fucking brilliant. Uh, bestiality means finding your soulmate and it won't get you arrested. Well, if only that was the case. If only. You'll find the one during your first dip into the dating ball and you'll obviously live happily ever after wishing on stars is what makes dream come true not hard work I'd also add and luck if you need to pretend to be someone you're not to uh, if you need to pretend to be someone you're not to get his attention just do it yeah that's fair enough <laughs> Mike agrees with that yeah it's only when you hit rock bottom that you'll meet the love of your life and he'll be the one to pull your codependent ass off the floor and fix all your problems. <laughs> uh, don't plan on living any sort of exciting or fulfilling life until that someday when your prince comes. He'll find you, not the other way around, sister. Get it straight. I'll find you. Uh, yeah, Mike will find you. And that's uh, that's not a promise, that's a threat. Fucking yeah, <laughs> Giving up that characteristic talent or skill that makes you special in order to be with a Kai is completely okay. Yep. He doesn't care how dumb you are as long as you look good. I wish I could agree with that. But... <laughs> and finally, all it takes is one simple kiss, maybe a dance or a duet, to know that your guy is the one. No wonder there's so many messed up girls in the world. Yeah. Well, maybe this does explain a few things then. I don't know. Maybe well, does, yeah. Disney does have something to answer for. I mean, Disney doesn't. Disney doesn't really suggest that any guy would try and put his hand in your pants or uh, get you drunk and take advantage. That kind of thing. I don't know any guys like that. No. <laughs> right. Anyway, anything to add, Mike? Before we uh, totter off tonight to watch the Jungle Book? No, I Come just want to watch the Jungle Book. I just, I just. That's all I can think about right now. Off you go, King of the Swingers. I'm the yeah. King of the Swingers. <laughs> right, we Jungle will VIP. We'll grow you next week, people. Uh, keep on. We've reached the top, and we've had to stop. We haven't had to stop, and we're not quite at the top yet. We will be soon, though. Ta-ta. Bye for now.